0: Are you ready? It's The Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. Well, everyone, welcome to The Roundtable. My name is Robert Bannon, and it's another edition of The Roundtable with me. I'm so excited to be here with you today. We have an actor's actor here. Uh, They are television. They are film. They are poetry. They are podcasts. You know, are you a multi-hyphenate? That's become such a buzzword lately, right? A multi-hyphenate. I'm a multi-hyphenate. I can eat, I can watch TV, and I can lay down at the same time. <laughs> um, I think we all are multi-hyphenates. We're all multifaceted, And some of us are even able to be into horror movies. Will they convince me to like a horror movie? Heard is the movie. They have a special SAG agreement. That allows them to promote the movie because they follow the SAG protocol. So thank you for that. And we, of course, support all of the SAG performers out here still on strike. I'm excited to talk about H.E.R.D. It is available streaming on October 23rd. Perfect in time for the Halloween season. So you can be scared. Corbin Bernson, on all-star cast, and Ellen Adair. And we are with Ellen, going to talk about it all next on The Roundtable with me, Robert Bannon. All right, so acting, poetry, hosting, a Phillies fan, but we'll let that go. We'll let that go just for today. Just for ch- I'm, I'm born in North Jersey, so you know, I, I'm 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 the Yankee side of Jersey, while the Phillies side is more of South Jersey. I'm the Taylor Ham versus the pork roll. You know, Ellen Dares here, and they are going to tell us all about the horror, the horror, and the Halloween and the scary, spooky stuff, and some Philly stuff too. Ellen, welcome to the show.
1: Oh my goodness! Thank you so much. Yes, it's true that New Jersey is basically divided between the part of Jersey that is New York and the part of Jersey that is Philadelphia. So, I mean, I live in New York now, so I, I really, I sympathize with both halves
0: of New Jersey. I, I completely understand. Reading about you and your journey and, and your and your life, you have had a little bit of a lot of things. You have the acting and the writing and the poetry and the hosting and the podcasts and. How how do you define what you do? Are are you just an artist? Period. What 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 do you like to describe yourself as? Wow.
1: Um, yeah. I guess multi hyphenate. Uh, I have never actually been asked this exact question. I feel like usually people just focus on whatever is the reason that they have me on the thing. Right. They're like this person does this. Um, I mean, I think the thing that maybe sounds a little obnoxious, uh, but that would cohere everything together would just be storyteller. Um, I feel like we are all storytellers, even if we're not necessarily aware that we are telling ourselves a story about who we are, about what the world is, about how the day is going, all of these things. I feel like narrative is kind of the byproduct of human life. And so I think it's incredibly important, and I think that those are the things that are the most interesting to me. You know, whether that is I am conceiving of the stories as a writer, or whether that is I am getting to embody the story as an actor, or you know, as a as a baseball analyst, whether I'm like, what narratives am I going to spin out of this? You know, collection of uh, possibly random events.
0: Um, I think it's fascinating and amazing. I, I can relate. I, I think we all are, and I think that's mm-hmm. what's so wonderful and that was such an eloquent answer which is why you are have a book of poetry out and you can grab it right now um curtain speech and you're right you write I know that you're working on novel like you 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 have stories to tell and we are waiting to hear them
1: oh thank you so much yeah yeah I really love writing and it's something that I've been trying to focus on a lot more and sort of with the, with the pandemic, obviously the shutdown was, um, was heartbreaking and was terrible for everybody, but I was kind of like, oh, well, what I'd really been wanting was to like focus more on working on my novels. And so I guess I get to do that. So in some ways the, you know, the silver lining that I can personally take from, from the, the, and I'm not in any way belittling the global tragedy is just that um, it's made, it enabled me to become a little bit more rigorous about my writing practice so that it's really something I do every day.
0: Well, people can follow you on Instagram and go to your website if they want to keep up with what's going on so that when you have these projects come out, books, novels, movies, television, et cetera, um, we can stay up to speed and up to date, so we know exactly what 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 is going on. Now, H.E.R.D. has we in solidarity with SAG, and every we just always like to pre- precursor that while the strike is going on, H.E.R.D. has a, a waiver that is able to be spoken about because you followed the rules that SAG had put in place. I'm a little bit of a scaredy cat, Ellen. I, am I going to be petrified? Tell me what what do I have to prepare myself for?
1: Well, you know you're talking to the right person because I am also a scaredy cat. (laughs) So for years I was like, you know, I should really do more horror movies because I am really terrified by them. Right. Like, like the, 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 um, the things that are scary are very potent to me. It's very easy for me to go to those places and inhabit them. Um, and of course, hilariously, now I've done four horror movies, but in most of them rather, I mean, I'm actually like incredibly grateful to have not be a scream queen in any one of the four. Um, <laughs> not that scream queens aren't great. It's just like, you know, it's, I feel like I've been characters that I more strongly identify with in, in at least in some of the horror movies. Um, and I can't talk about all of them. I can only talk about this one. But yeah, like a number of times I was the one who was like, mm, nah dude. I don't know. I don't know about that. Like sort of like the skeptical friend. Um, but in this, uh, in this movie, um, I'm I'm playing the queer action hero, which is what I would just love to do every single day for the rest of my life if I could. So in answer to your question, I genuinely, as a very scared, like person liable to be scared by movies there are some scary parts in herd but i don't think that it is uh like level 10 of a scary movie um so it is it's a zombie movie but it's a virus based zombie movie so rather than the undead it is people who are sort of transformatively sick so if anybody out there has seen the hbo series the last of us i think that that's a really good comp for like about how scary it is, right? Like there are there are moments in The Last of Us where, like, oh no, there's a bunch of mushroom zombies and we're very afraid. But then there are episodes where you don't really see any of them at all. Um, and just as there are sections of herd that are really more about the human dynamics and the human response to the, you know, the outbreak, essentially.
0: Well, it's streaming. At, you could start streaming it on October twenty third, and actually ex-
1: the thirteenth, I believe. Oh I believe God. it's coming out. Yeah, for Spooky Friday the thirteenth.
0: Oh, I that's mean, even better. It's yeah. even earlier than the original release. I, okay, the twi- and and here is uh, the 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 banner and the information. And it looks super fun and super in time for this season and for for the Halloween season of it all. You mentioned. Um, we are a show very based on queer culture and, 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 and the queer landscape. And I, if you don't mind me asking, I find your story incredibly fascinating because there's so many stereotypes about mm-hmm. gender, about relationships, about what it means to be a part of the queer community. A, how important was it that this character is, is, a, is a, a, story, a story of the LGBT plus community? And B, you made it personal to share a lot of your personal life and, and how you feel in this community. And how much of that was a conscious choice to try to, let people be seen? And what was the reason behind sharing your journey?
1: Oh my goodness. There's so many things to unpack there. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) I could talk about it for like literally an hour straight. So I think it's so important that this is a queer story, this film, because I think that everything in the film it's, I mean, I just think it's a beautifully constructed story. Everything in the film is really about an us versus them mentality. Um, So it is any way that people use or take to say like, those are those people over there and they're not like us. And over here we're like this and we're like in opposition to each other. So obviously the the movie takes place in um in a sort of a, a a rural southern community and jamie my character is from that community um but she was thrown out by her dad when she was a teenager when he found out that she was queer and so though she is has is justified in feeling like she cannot be herself and that she is judged and that she is othered by the people of the community. I think what the what the film does also really deftly is it those people in the community are not caricatures and they are complex. And we find out that like, she has also been judging them and saying like, you're bad people. You're over there. I'm like this, I'm over here. So, I mean, there are other ways that I think the film does this, um, but I don't want to be too spoilery. And so I'm not going to say more about that, but, but I think like it being a queer story, a queer love story really is like absolutely integral to the, to the themes and like what is actually at the heart of the movie. And, for me, yeah, it's it's I mean, I think my journey is complicated and and I want to acknowledge, first of all, that like I have a ton of like cis passing, straight passing privilege. And it, partly that's from a, a a kind of a choice that I made. I mean, I don't even know if I can call it a choice when I was a teenager and I was like, I don't feel like a woman. I don't want to be a woman But it's so interesting, I feel like gender specifically, and I think one of the reasons that it's such a flashpoint for people is because I think it's very hard to imagine having a different relationship to your gender than you do, right? So I think people who have never had a thought like that in their life have a very hard time imagining somebody having a different relationship to their body or a different relationship to their gender and you know i feel this in part because i talk to plenty of actor friends you know about about gender identity and plenty of them are like well i feel fine like identifying as a woman or as a man but like everybody's both right And I'm kind of like, no, I feel like that's where you are in the gender identity spectrum. And you have this notion that that is everybody because that's been your own experience. I'm sorry if I'm I said I could talk about this for like 45 minutes. So sorry if I'm if I'm monologuing. So certainly when I was a when I was a teenager, I was like, well, everybody has to know that like you don't want to be a woman and that that completely sucks. But like, look at all of these other people who are just sucking it up and doing it anyway. And I, you know, I guess they just they have like more fortitude than me. And so I guess I just got to like suck it up and do it anyway. And like a lot of it was in relation to I always say (laughs) betraying some lack of personal development. I've wanted to be an actor for my entire life. So some part of it was I was like, gosh, if I want to be an actor, like I have to like learn how to do that. So because that was a while ago now, like I have kind of learned how to do that and And for me, it was like something that I could put on. And for some people, that is not something that they are comfortable putting on because that is like the different place that they are on the gender identity spectrum. And for me, I sort of feel like I could easily comfortably put on femininity or masculinity like neither it's kind of like where i am in the in the nexus of like a gender and bigender is like i kind of feel like a neutral space that like can kind of put either on but like neither is totally exactly me anyway so i i felt for a long time like it was not something that i wanted to be outspoken about because i felt a lot of, you know, just being like completely frank, a lot of like guilt and shame about my own capitulation of myself and my own identity. And like I was not worthy to be in the queer community with so many people that like I really admire and I admire like the bold and brave way that they were like, no, this is me. Nothing is ever going to make me change. But, you know, in some ways, it's almost like my identity is something that feels sort of plastic, which I think has given me a lot of privilege, as I said before. So, you know, I do really want to, like, uplift people who are... Non-binary, but are more obviously gender non-conforming than myself. But like, that's still what my soul is, and that's still how I feel. And I think, particularly, you know, with the with the rise of anti-trans, just vitriol and rhetoric and violence and everything, I really felt like, no, I I want to be. Um more outspoken, and I want to be more visible about where I identify just in order to be an ally to the people who are more marginalized. So I'm not sure if if that uh, if that was all of the questions that you asked because obviously I could talk about this for another hour, hour and a half, but yeah I, I, I hope I hit most of the points there
0: well, I, I think you did, and I think you did it so eloquently. I try to explain to friends, we all I think if I may speak for please, myself we all, please explain no thank you we all have our own journey you know i was married to a woman i was with with my ex for 16 years i i am now have a a male partner i i can i label myself as gay and part of the queer community it's it's a journey and a a roller coaster i think a lot of people get confused about sexuality versus gender i mean you're non-binary you use they them pronouns you're married to a man and they people get they like even with me my my own brother was like what do you mean you're gay? You were married. You were with a woman. Like it, it is such a more complex, not as black and white of an issue for people if they have always been lucky enough to be not lucky enough. That's not even the right word. If they've always identified as the gender they are seen as, and 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 and, uh, and it's typical. They don't understand necessarily the journey. What was it like when you had to share this? with the world and, and the pronouns and all of the things, did you get some pushback from people in your life and and from the theater community or acting community or managers and agents who are saying, is this, this is not great free business.
1: You know, honestly, I didn't, I, I haven't gotten a lot of pushback. I've gotten a lot of people who, you know, I have, I have told them about the pronouns that I prefer and uh, they continue to just not use those. Um, and you know, that's, that's tough, especially when it's people who you're very close to and you understand that, or at least I'll, I'll just speak from my own experience. Like I understand that, like you have seen me as this one thing for so long and, or, you know, in some ways they just might not even see the necessity of that. So, you know, that's something that I, I still kind of struggle with because it's also not, something where, and everybody like has their own battles to pick. It's not something where I want that to suddenly become the center of every relationship that I have. Um, And so, yeah, it's, yeah, but it's, it's, it's essentially something that I'm, that I'm still navigating, but, but I wouldn't say that I had any, I've had any conversations with anybody where, where I've really felt like, they're completely unsupportive, um, which is, which is wonderful. And I mean, I guess, you know, a way, a way that I try to take it again, it's very different for, for different non-binary people. Um, but a way that I try to take it is like, if somebody chooses to hear this information about me, that it that are my pronouns that are my identity despite like the way that i might look and sound that i just feel really seen and loved by them that it is like a piece of information about me that they are that they are remembering right just in the way that like anybody might not remember whatever facts about me like where i'm born or like the number of siblings that i have or whatever it is that you know if people if people forget that I, that I just try to sort of give them grace about like, yeah, like I'm not their number one priority all the time. Um, You know, in terms of the, in terms of the industry, um, my specifically my new agents have been very supportive about it. And I've even gotten a few auditions for non-binary roles, which has been really wonderful. Um, I am, I have not gotten those roles and in some ways I understand that that is Part of that, I that so much about casting is just about like, what do you look like you are? And that I don't look like I'm that thing. So you know, that's one of the reasons why it means a lot to me to get to play a, any kind of a queer role. I, I do identify as, as bi or pansexual as well, but I understand for some people they're like, well, you, but you're married to a man and so you're not really. And I'm like, well, but I am attracted to women. So yeah, actually I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, I understand that that that's the kind of thing that is a thorny issue. Um, anyway, just, you know, sort of to the casting thing, like that's why it means so much to me to get to play any kind of queer character. And I feel like I can actually bring the full part of who I am to that character, even if that character does not identify as non-binary. That is not not something that is in the script for Jamie. And so that is why I use she, her pronouns um, for her, even though I sort of felt like I got to play her like myself, like a non-binary character. Um, so... Yeah, it's just kind of like I was having a conversation with Jeremy Holm, who is um, a wonderful actor who is in *Herd*, and he is maybe the nicest person I've ever met in my life. And I've met a lot of really nice people, but like he's always playing bad guys because he just has this face where he looks like he's a bad guy. (laughs) And so in some ways I, I just try to be a little pragmatic about it. Like I know I, for whatever reason I have a face where I just look like a Republican lawyer. And so I'm like (laughs) happy to get to be anybody else. Right. Like that's really for me, I think my identity is very much about, like, the multiplicity, and and I I think I, I enjoy acting because I'm homesick for the parts of myself that I don't necessarily get to be in everyday life, whatever that is, you know what I mean? Whether that's, like, I don't get to be, a, like, a psychopath. I don't get to be, a, you know, a person with bipolar disorder or, like, a Republican lawyer or, like... You know, one of the eight thousand moms I've played whose children are in some states of duress, like I, I, I'm happy to inhabit those things. Even though, for me personally, being like being a mom would be a huge gender dysphoria issue. I could not do that. Can I imagine being a mom? Yeah, for sure. Like, happy to do that.
0: Uh, that is a really beautifully deep, nuanced answer. Thank you for for that because it is a very complex. I, 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 I have many students in performing arts and in, in regular elementary school or middle school, etc. For the years that I've taught in New Jersey, that come to me and have questions nowadays about gender, and a lot of a lot of teachers and a lot of administrators and a lot of people who are around children or people that have a growing age, they don't understand it. They give not great advice. And you speaking out about it and being. Uh, showing the, the many different facets it, It's something that's so important and valuable to people because for many people, it's still new. Many people still do not understand. And there are many people who do not feel a part of what society has deemed them to be a part of it. And you talking about it makes them feel seen and represented. It's so powerful.
1: Well, you know, I also, I, I want to validate and I know like I have non-binary friends who are actors who they are not comfortable playing of like a female role and so my experience is different and that's just because of like my own sort of relationship to it and that I I can imagine just feeling like a cis woman and I actually kind of like the, the freedom of just being like yeah like you know I don't know like I played a burlesque dancer once and like I could never do that in my real life but if I'm just like yeah I'm playing this person who has this totally different relationship to being a woman and being there you know being in their body and like that's actually very freeing from For me to get to imagine that. So for some people, that wouldn't be freeing for them. And like I completely just any any young people who happen to be listening to this, if if you're like, oh, that is not for me, that's fine. Like for me, I just feel actually like the most expressed when I get to be something um, that I am not, I guess.
0: Yes, and that's what makes you such a great actor. Um, And that's why we have to all be watching her when it it comes out uh, this month. And it's got an amazing cast and what a great story. And it's perfect for the Halloween season, for sure. Okay, I cannot let you be here, as I mentioned in the opening, without this little confrontational moment, Ellen. When did you love baseball? When did this become, as it says on your bio, an obsession, an unhealthy obsession? (laughs) Unhealthy love of baseball, yes. (laughs) What, What? What about it? And how did it transition into being a part of your business and who you are? I mean, speaking about it, podcasts about it, hosting shows about it. When did you become an analyst?
1: Yeah, um, excellent question. I mean, the first one I don't have a set sa- I well, actually I don't have a super satisfactory answer to either of these questions because I've loved baseball for as long as I can remember. I don't remember not loving baseball. Um, like I don't remember not loving my parents when people are like, when did you decide to love your parents? I'm like, they've always been great. Like I love them. <laughs> like um, so uh so yeah, um I I just like loved it from when I was a tiny, tiny child. I, I, My first memory of going to a baseball game is like being excited because I had already been to a bunch of other baseball games and I knew exactly what I was expecting. So in terms of sort of the transition to being an analyst, I have really um, just slipped into it kind of by accident. And I'm just very grateful for it. It was a situation where um, I... <laughs> I don't know how public I should be about this, but I was posting a lot about uh, baseball on social media because social media is something that I continue to struggle with. I think that's that's fair to say. Um, but I had a, a talk with my wonderful and supportive manager, Sid Levin, whom I love like life itself. And she was like, "Yeah, but you don't get to not be on social media. Like, you you have to be." Um, and like, it was actually super helpful because I was like, "Oh, right. It's just my job. Like, it's just my job. I have to do it. I just have to treat it like anything else in my job." And that was helpful. But I was like, "Well." something that doesn't make me feel gross to talk about on social media is baseball, right? Because it's just like something that I love. And it's just, you know, it's just simple. And like, you're not going to get people writing back at you if you're like trying to post about a cause, just being like, ah, you're just virtue signaling. And I'm like, no, I really care about this thing. Like just the kind of crazy feedback that you get for just, like existing on social media so I was like all right well baseball I love baseball I'll connect with other people who like baseball and so it was essentially out of that right out of being an actor that like you probably haven't seen on television but you could have um (laughs) uh people were like oh it'll be fun to have them on our podcast and so I did a bunch of baseball podcasts and from there um Folks at MLB Network heard me on on baseball podcast just talking about baseball and were like, hey, come on MLB Network and talk about baseball. So I do that sometimes and I just have a blast.
0: What a dream. What a yeah. what a dream. Even if it's a, even if it's the Phillies. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, no. Look,
1: I mean, best... I'd rather be a Phillies fan than a Yankees fan this postseason. Just
0: Oh, the fate of it all. Uh, that's true. That's fair. And you do have the best <laughs> mascot. I mean, it is a really fun mascot.
1: Thank you. I mean, I agree that the Philadelphia fanatic is like objectively the best mascot in sports. And when people try to tell me that it's something else, I'm like, you're just wrong. Like everybody's entitled to their opinion, but yours just happens to be wrong in this one instance.
0: I I, I completely understand. I have a love for baseball. I was very sick as a high school student. I had meningitis for years. I, I was struggling mm. with chronic Lyme disease. Meningi- I, I, the meningitis, I oh couldn't watch God. TV. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't be around light. But I could listen to 770 W B A B C from seven till ten thirty or whatever date time the games were of the Yankees because it was just the conversation and it kept me entertained and I fell in love with being a Yankees fan not because I'm born in '83 and they '96 and '98 and 2000 all the years that they won not because of that but because I they were my friends when I was not in school and baseball is a place for people to gather and and to watch and root and cheer and joke with one another. Um, so, I was so excited to talk to you about it because i'm I'm quite the little baseball fan myself.
1: I totally feel that I so a uh, weird biographical fact about me. I grew up without a television. I did not have a television just... until twenty ten. So, like baseball on the radio was also how I mostly received it. I mean, i I remember as a very small child for the nineteen ninety three uh, Phillies bid. Uh, for a championship, obviously um, they did not, they did not win that year. Um, thanks, Joe Carter. Uh, they, we, we like went to a neighbor's house and watched them on television. And I was like, that's what they look like up close. <laughs> <Wow>. so
0: <laughs> so I they'd seen them like television. teeny
1: tiny, you know, on the <laughs> field, but like, I, yeah, anyway, it was, it was, it was a crazy, it was a crazy experience. So yeah, I also, I feel like the sound of a baseball game, on the radio is just like the sound of my mother's heartbeat like it's just so yes. comforting
0: yes well i can make you this promise i can go to a phillies mess game and cheer for the phillies with you great i mean i could do that i could go to city field and wear a phillies uniform so i'll I make that compromise I'll, excellent I can do that. see
1: I I strongly believe in just having a flow chart of baseball allegiances, you know? So, okay. like, I can just chart all 30 teams so that then any random matchup, I can be like, who am I rooting for Then this one? Hmm, eh, it's this. So, like, at the start of this year, I was like... And I do evaluate, I sort of... I mean, I don't literally create a flow chart. Many people like to believe that I do. But I do evaluate, like, okay, so I like these two teams, but if this team is playing this team, who am I really rooting for? And at the start of this year, I... I sort of realized that the diamondbacks are my second favorite national league team. So like, I'm glad that the diamondbacks are in it too. It's just a, it's an embarrassment of riches.
0: I, I went to one world series game. It was the Arizona versus the Yankees. It was the series that the Yankees lost. I'm not the biggest Arizona diamondbacks fan.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: But it's Okay. I like them. Their logo is nice. Their colors are nice.
1: (laughs) I just like their players. I really love Zach Gallon and like Tom Marte and Corbin Carroll. Like, I just love those guys so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's what, man, that's why my allegiances will shift. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, well, what team has like the most players that I'm like, oh my God, I love this guy so much.
0: Yeah. You are so you are so multifaceted and fascinating and you are a, no, truly you are a changing example of what our uh, so many stereotypes and, nor- and social norms are in our head. And I am like so obsessed with all of that you do from the writing to the acting, to the speaking out, to the baseball, I, you are, I get it. I, I just get it. And I'm so excited to see what's next.
1: You are so kind. I feel like perhaps that fascinates you because you are clearly also a person who, like, has a million different ways that your talent and your light shines in the world.
0: Uh, well, I try. I, I mean, I teach fifth grade. I, I I do this. I sing. I act. I, I go to a Yankee game. I, I, <laughs> I could do it. And I, I feel like it's a blessing and a curse for us, right? Because I can't sit still too much. I love to, to just share and be and 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 talk to people like yourself so the honor is all mine
1: oh my goodness i mean i'm i'm not gonna allow that because i want at least half of the honor certainly the honor is half mine at the very least
0: deal okay we'll share it we'll and we'll be streaming we'll be streaming my 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 partner is out in detroit and we we sometimes have you know movie nights where we stream the same thing and we comment and share he's way more brave than i am so get ready because I'm gonna need, a, I'm gonna need all the, all the help to get to sleep after *Herd* comes out. We're gonna be streaming and watching and downloading, and you can order it and watch it, and however you watch your movies. And Ellen, it's a pleasure to be with you.
1: Oh my goodness, such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, how about that? Philadelphia, fanatics, cheesesteak, no television, non-binary loves baseball, married to a man. You know, that's what's so amazing. The world, you make your own norm. You make your own rules. And do not let society and lawmakers and people that pretend to be in charge who have all these messy secrets in their closet tell you what to do. Make sure you stream H.E.R.D. We support the actors. We stand in solidarity with the actors. We thank the producers of H.E.R.D. and the people behind H.E.R.D. for following the rules so that we could talk about this movie and all the studios can follow the rules. We're not asking for that much as actors. We're just asking for our fair share of the pie. There's plenty for the CEOs, et cetera. Please, money from streaming does not go to our pockets as consumers. It goes in for the actors. It goes into the CEOs of these corporations. So let's keep it real. Um, I'm looking forward to more shows. We have shows all month long, and we're live back on Thursdays with Anne margaret And margaret's are kicking off our first thursday so make sure you watch us follow download stream tell a friend all the fun things that you do here at the round table with me robert bannon if you want more information about me go to robertbannon.com, go to at robert m bannon on instagram or at the round table with robert bannon on instagram i have a new album coming out i'm turning 40 we're going to be celebrating all of those things i look forward to seeing you and talking to you more uh in the coming weeks and days we have huge guests huge shows We're The Roundtable, where artists come to talk about art. Everybody, the best is yet to come, and I'll see you again real soon. Good night.